Brandon Crawford and Brandon Belt were two of the most incredible stories of 2021. And in Belt's case, 2020 as well, he was a monster offensively. And in 2022, both fell flat kind of for different reasons. And it was a big part of why the Giants were not able to repeat the success of the 107 win season the year prior. So we'll get into the seasons for the Brandons next. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on the show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015. And I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. And coming up on today's show, I wanted to discuss the seasons for Brandon Belt and Brandon Crawford because they are obviously an important part of the franchise going back a decade plus. And specifically in the last couple years prior to 2022, they were not just like better. They were not just reclaiming their old selves they were the best they've ever been despite being you know at the point where we would expect decline to have set in in their careers and we attributed a lot of this to the changes in the coaching staff and when Gabe Kapler came in and the the coaches he hired Donnie Ecker, Justin Veeley, Dustin Lind starting in 2020 weird season obviously but uh, Crawford was better Belt was a monster and then in 2021 finally a normal season under these coaches, both had, you know, they followed it up and proved, so we thought, that 2020 wasn't a fluke. And so going into 2022, there was good reason to believe that at least to some extent, they would be able to carry some of that over. And they fell flat. It just didn't happen in a pretty severe way. Because when we look at, uh, for example, Brandon Crawford, so in 2020, in just 54 games, I mean, he had a 110 Weighted runs created plus, which was the second highest of his career. The best of his career was 113 way back in 2015. So he had seemingly been in some offensive decline. The year prior in 2019, he had just a 73 weighted runs created plus, almost 30% below average offense. But then he followed that up in 2020 with 10% above average offense. But of course, it's a 60-game season. Was it going to last? His, his defense also got better, seemingly, in 2020 after some decline. He had eight home runs, for example, in 54 games in 2020 after hitting 11 in 147 games the year prior, just by way of example in terms of the rebound. And then, so could he follow it up in 2021? And the answer was a resounding yes. He followed it up and then some with a season in which he ended up finishing fourth in National League MVP voting. That's how good Brandon Crawford was in 2021. He hit 298. He had a 373 on base percentage and a 522 slugging, uh, 24 home runs. He stole 11 bases, was caught three times, and the defense was plus plus. And so add it all up, it was a 6.3 
Fangraph's wins above replacement season, which was one of the best seasons in all baseball last year. So he deserved to finish fourth in MVP voting is what I'm saying. And it was by far the best season of his career. Prior to that, it was 2016, 2015, when according to Fangraph's, the produ- production was worth about 4.3.4.4 wins above re- replacement. And so he exceeded that by quite a bit, by two wins in 2021. And so when we look at 2022, now having the season being over and some time having passed, it's easier for me to look back on this and say, in some ways, we shouldn't have seen this heavy regression coming because you don't just fluke your way into that type of season. Like there was something to it. He was a improved player. There's You just don't see guys have that type of season randomly, especially when, you know, there's a long track record of who you are and suddenly you're very different and the production is much better. And it's at that point in your career when you should be declining. And also he did it in 2020 and he wasn't the only guy to do this. There were a lot of players on the team, Brandon Belt included, and we'll get to him a little bit later, who just got better in 2020 and 2021. And so in a lot of ways, 2022, yes, they there definitely were flaws along the way in terms of how they built out the roster. But also, I can't sit here and say that we should have 100% expected Crawford to have a poor season. I don't. I think good, at least average, which he ended up being average in terms of wins above replacement. The only reason, again, I use that number so often here is because it is attempting to combine offense, defense, and base running into one number. And I don't want to have to, every time I'm talking about a season, say this is their offense, this was their defense, this was their base running. It combines all of the advanced ways we look at those three things into one tidy number. It's not a perfect metric of uh, in terms of value, but I mean, Crawford was really good in 2021, wasn't he? And that wins above replacement number reflects that. And so it's it's kind of a just a, a guide to telling you what kind of season they had. And for Crawford, he went from 6.3 fan graphs wins above replacement in 2021 to 2.0 in 2022. Offensively, he hit 231 after hitting 298. He had a 308 on base percentage after it was 373, 344 slugging after it was 522, and an 87 weighted runs created plus 13% below average offense versus 38% above average offense the year prior. And so just right there, the, the difference in seasons for Brandon Crawford was a difference of 4.3 wins. So right there, if you add those, if Crawford, I'm not saying anyone should have expected him to repeat it, but it's like, could he have been somewhere in between? And if we look at Crawford and we look at Belt and we look at other guys and we say, if they had just been somewhere in between what they did versus what they did the year prior, Giants would have probably made the playoffs. And yeah, I mean, just for Crawford right there, the difference is 4.3 wins. And when we turn the page to look at Brandon Belt, we're going to see that it's about the same. Actually, I'm just going to glance at it to make sure that's right. Yeah, it's about roughly-ish the same. We'll get to Brandon Belt in a minute. But for Crawford, he did have this injury he hurt his knee, I think it was, and when he came back from a somewhat lengthy stint on the injured list, he did look somewhat like a different guy, and so that was good to see in the last month or two of the season. He certainly didn't look like that MVP, Brandon Crawford. The defense, though, was spectacular in the last month plus of the season. Just highlight play after highlight play seemingly every night. 
according to some of the defensive metrics here. Defensive runs saved didn't love Brandon Crawford's season, but outs above average thought it was quite good at seven outs above average. He was 15 outs above average the year prior. Defensive runs saved negative six after being plus six the year prior. So, you know, the eye test, which some of this is based on people watching, like defensive runs saved is calculated by human beings and outs above average. I don't, I don't think it is at all. It's using StatCast data, which is more objective. But anyway, I think, you know, he was at times not great, but at times really good. And so good to average, average. I mean, that's the thing we have to realize. Average major league shortstops are really talented defensive players. And so to say someone's an average shortstop is not really a knock on them. But I would say he overall, despite some early struggles, had an above average defensive season, but an above average offensive season. And he's never been a the greatest of runners. And so overall, it just was a mediocre package for Brandon Crawford. And he's going into his age 36 season, and he's still under contract for one more year because they gave him that two-year extension in the midst of that 2021 season when he was so good. And they were banking on him being better than he was in 2022. So coming up in just a minute, we're going to get to Brandon Belt, who prior to the season, we were talking about as perhaps the best offensive player in the game or one of them over 2020 and 2021. So we'll talk about the fall for Belt in 2022 momentarily but before we do betonline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season 49ers are in action and big win last night uh, or yesterday against the rams and of course the warriors are back in action find all the latest player developments team matchups news and podcasts and in-depth analysis of every game and as always betonline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to up to the minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, still World Series action. Astros are still favored, but the odds have gone slightly more towards the Phillies than they were at the start of the series after the Phillies uh, were able to take one in Houston. Also, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. All right, as promised, we're going to turn our attention to Brandon Belt, who it's kind of a similar story in a lot of ways, but it is different. He has uh, dealt with more injuries over the last couple of years than Brandon Crawford. And specifically in 2021, he was so good so good when he was on the field, but he only played in 97 games. He, I'm kind of mixing my years. I think it was 2021 when he injured his knee in Anaheim. Or was that this year? I I honestly forget. But he missed a lot of games in 2021, but he also missed a lot of games in 2022. So, but just like with Brandon Crawford in 2020, he showed huge improvement when he was out there, even though it was a short season. And so it was the same story. We didn't exactly know how much to read into it. It seemed clear because of what I said earlier. It wasn't just one player. It wasn't just two players. Team-wide, under a brand new coaching staff, under whole new philosophies and instruction about hitting and other things, but I'm focusing on hitting right now, they thrived and they had a huge improvement. But it wasn't sure, it wasn't clear how much we could trust it because it was a short season. Could they all have just collectively played played pretty well offensively together for a couple months, but 
if they had been given a full season, they would have come down to earth significantly or just a little. We didn't know. So then in 2021, the proof was in the pudding. They went out there and they basically did the same thing. They were a very good offensive team in 2021. They hit the most home runs in franchise history, the most in the National League. And Brandon Belt, if we combine 2020 and 2021, those two years combined, he played 148 games and 560 plate appearances. That looks like a full season, right? 148 games, 560 plate appearances. He had 38 home runs during that stretch. 38 home runs in about a full season's of seasons worth of work. Less than that, right? Like some guys play more than that, have more like 600 plus plate appearances in a full season. Belt, in those two seasons, 38 home runs. This was a guy who could never crack 20. He hit 29 in 2021 in 97 games. And those two seasons combined, he hit 285. He had a 393 on base percentage, a 595 slugging, which if you take slugging minus batting average, it's called ISO, isolated power, was 310. That was, I think, number one in baseball during that span. And the weighted runs created plus combined 162, 62% above average offense. And I added it all up, it was 5.4 Fangraphs wins above replacement, which is just fantastic production, especially out of the first base position where you're not able to add too much defensive value because it's not as valuable of a defensive position as some other positions on the field like shortstop, center field, and pretty much all the other positions, catcher certainly. But when we look at, okay, then what did he, what did he do in 2022? Well, he completely fell flat, even more so than Brandon Crawford. Uh, Belt was, belt season was ravaged by injuries. He couldn't really move well. And he just never got going at the plate. We know that Belt can be streaky, and he just never really had a hot streak in 2022. He only played in 78 games after playing in 97 the year prior. So it's not like he played that much less than he did the year prior, but the production was significantly worse. He hit 213, 326 on base, 350 slugging, a 96 weighted runs created plus, and because of his bad knee, he wasn't he he got worse defensively it seemed and he really just couldn't move well at all and it came out to 0.0 fangraphs wins above replacement just 8 home runs for Brandon Belt in 2022 and we when we look at the defense I'm just going to give you some numbers to confirm what I'm talking about here at first base negative 3 outs above average after being plus 2 the year prior Defensive run saved had him at 2 defensive run saved after being negative 4 the year prior so I don't know maybe he wasn't significantly worse maybe he was I think outs above average generally is more what I I put put a little more weight in that one versus defensive run save we can also look at UZR I just don't want to get overly complicated here I think Belt was okay defensively certainly not like the worst defender in the game but also wasn't the best and I think his mobility was a problem and it was a problem on the basis so it just wasn't great and like I said with uh, the difference in wins, what was it? 4.2 for Brandon Crawford and for Belt from 2021 to 2022, 3.4 wins worse. So if we add 3.4 plus 4.2, we get 7.6 wins just from the difference in production by Brandon Belt and Brandon Crawford from 2021 to 2022. And if we add that to the Giants' 81 wins, it would be 88.6. 
So we'll even shave off the 0.6 and say if they had just repeated what they did. And I just have to re-emphasize here, Brandon Belt did this in only 97 games in 2021. So you could say it would be completely idiotic to expect them to repeat this performance. Well, maybe Belt is worse, but he plays more. And so then you could still perhaps achieve that level. And for Crawford, it's like maybe he didn't fall so much and he just was worse, but not that much worse. So I don't know. And there's other players too. We're just today focusing on these two. But let's just say for the sake of this example, if they repeated the seasons that they had and played the same amount, well, no, let's, they just got to that same production, whether it was through duplicate performance in duplicate playing time or more playing time and slightly worse performance or less playing time and better performance, whatever. 88.6 wins for the Giants is what this is suggesting. And the Phillies, this is what's crazy, is that if, if the Giants had snuck in with 88 wins, the Phillies wouldn't have made the playoffs. And the Phillies are right now in the World Series, three wins away from winning the World Series. And if the Giants had found a way to win 88 games, the Phillies wouldn't have made it. And so that's what's crazy. And that it's that it's it's not that far off from having a season like that. It's just a couple of players having huge regression can make enough of a difference to keep you out of the postseason. Not that I would have been thrilled with 88 wins, but certainly it would have been better to make the playoffs than to not make the playoffs. And in terms of the contract, Brennan Belt is not someone that they extended during any portion of the last couple of years. They brought him back on the qualifying offer last offseason. And so he is a true free agent at the end of this year, which is now free agency starts five days after the World Series. So coming up in just a minute, we're going to turn our attention to the futures at these positions that Belt and Crawford have played so consistently for the Giants. Are the Giants going to get a new shortstop, even though Crawford is under contract? Are they going to get a new first baseman, or are they going to bring back Brandon Belt? Everything's in play, and we'll get to it in just a minute, but first. All right, as promised, we are going to discuss the futures at these positions, because it is pretty uncertain, and there's a lot that could happen. There's these shortstops that are out there, uh, the Giants are, we're seeing left and right that they appear poised and willing and ready to make a significantly bigger splash than they have made the last several years this offseason. And so much of the talent outside of Aaron Judge is at the shortstop position in terms of who's going to be out there. You've got Trey Turner, Xander Bogarts with an opt-out, which he'll almost certainly exercise Carlos Correa with an opt-out he'll almost certainly exercise and Dansby Swanson and so the Giants have Brandon Crawford signed for 2023 I may have said the wrong year earlier but he signed for 2023 for 16 million dollars and Brandon Belt is a pure free agent and he was brought back last year for 18.4 million which was well worth you know giving him that qualifying offer which he accepted Given the production that I just mentioned from 2020 and 2021, he was literally one of the very best offensive players in baseball if you look at those two years combined. Almost nobody was better. It was like Acuna, Tatis, and Belt. Those were like your maybe Harper was in there, your top three offensive performers 2020 and 2021 combined. But Brandon Belt reaches free agency here and it is possible that they could bring him back. It would be a much cheaper deal than the one that he just played out. If they bring him back, I would imagine one year, three, four, 
five, six, probably no higher than $6 million is what he'll get on the open market. I think that a team will be interested. It depends on his knee. He's going to have to really pass a physical, get looked at, you know, get medical records and all that. Uh, he had season-ending knee surgery, but he says that he feels great and much better. But of course, he's trying to get a new contract. He loves the game. He wants to keep playing and he says he wants to uh, play for the Giants. And so I, I can see why they could have interest, but they certainly can't, I think, rely on him to be that guy because we've seen that it can be that because of the age, specifically age, like, and these injuries kind of catch up with you. And we saw with Crawford and with Belt what the downside is of these players at this point in their careers. But with Crawford, they don't have a choice, right? They're paying him whether or not they want to. $16 million, and then he's a free agent after 2023. And so could they, because they feel the need to improve so much, could they end up signing a shortstop, one of those guys I mentioned? And if so, what do they do with Brandon Crawford? And that's going to be a big question. In my opinion, you could, I think it makes more sense probably to ask one of these other players to play a different position for one year because of Crawford's legacy here, but also Crawford's bat, I don't think, plays enough at other positions. Whereas, you know, if you've got Carlos Correa, the offense would work at third base. For example, you know, he hits enough to justify being a third baseman. Whereas if you're Crawford, like if you're playing second base, I suppose, but that's just a, that's just a little weird to me, right? Like he just doesn't hit all that much. And so much of his value comes from playing a good shortstop. But I could also, I could see it going either way. I just think it makes a little more sense for these monster offensive players to maybe shift positions than for a guy who's more of a light hitter to shift to more offensive oriented positions. So that's going to be fascinating to watch. And then at first base, it's going to be fascinating to watch because Belt has been the guy for a long time, as has Crawford, but Crawford's not a free agent and Belt is. So we don't know if Belt is going to be back. We do know that Crawford will be back. At first base and free agency, there certainly aren't the same impact star level talents out there in free agency but you do have jose abreu who is also old but has been super durable he's like 36 call it old in baseball terms and anthony rizzo has i think a player option and he'll probably decline it after the season he just had with the yankees and there's josh bell and there are some other guys as well. And then the Giants have internal options. They've got Wilmer Flores. They've got Lamont Wade Jr. These guys, you know, Flores under contract, Wade arbitration eligible. So a lot of moving parts here. And it will be fascinating to see. And it may be the last year that the Brandons are teammates. And we may be entering the last year that either Brandon is on the roster. So it's kind of, we're seeing, we're transitioning towards the end of an era here with the Brandons. And that was a summary of the disappointing seasons that they had following just enormously great season and enormously great season the year prior. And in a lot of ways, the fall was so dramatic as to, as for me to say, like maybe we shouldn't have seen it coming quite that much and that it was worse than we should have reasonably expected. And that that difference along with some other guys, Darren Ruff, we could throw into this category was so good. And then so bad or so not good, not that he was horrible with the Giants, but he was with the Mets, that those types of regressions cost them making it to the playoffs. So anyway, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast. 
the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter, at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please rate it, comment, subscribe, whatever you can do. Helps us out a lot, so thank you in advance, and thanks to everyone who's done so already. Can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. Thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants.